service on this Wednesday, just so for those of you who follow the uh, liturgical calendar, there's Wednesday, rather. Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, and it's the beginning of the Lent season, which takes us all the way up to uh, Good Friday, uh, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified, but also Resurrection Sunday, which is Easter. Um, for those of you, uh, no, as we are going to be taking communion and also uh, giving out uh, bottles of oil to everybody to anoint themselves for this Lent season, I really feel like God is going to minister and speak and give direction to us uh, as individuals during that season, of course, as a church. Uh, those of you who um, who would also want to receive ashes, um, just really grateful that uh, one of the churches that will be joining us, and that is Central Square Church, which is right up the street here five, at 5 Magazine Street, uh, they are going to be administering ashes from uh, 645 to 715, and then they'll be coming here at 730. Just really excited about churches coming together uh, of all different denominations and colors, and uh, even the worship team is going to be a joint effort. So God is doing something. Amen. The body, the, the Bible says, Amen. The Bible says where you know that that in in Psalm one thirty three, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And it also says that that is where the Lord commands the blessing. Uh, you'll be hearing this later, but uh, there's supposed to be a big, a big satanic, satanic, as in Satan, conference that's taking place here in Massachusetts in uh, the end of April. And it's also going to be, part of the events will be taking place right here in Cambridge in Central Square. And I, I say all that to say that um, you know, the churches are alarmed and, and there's been uh, emails sent out to pastors to, to uh, join churches and how are we going to respond and combat uh, what Satan is trying to do, not only in uh, the Boston area, but also right here in our city. And one, one pastor uh, texted me and said, Oh, that the church would be more proactive and not always reactive, okay? And I text back, I said, sadly, the only time the church comes together is when there's a crisis. Now, when you, when you wanna be proactive, people are too busy, but then when crisis comes, everybody's able to drop what they're doing. I say that to say this, that our churches are coming together without even knowing about this event, and that's also just going to be a blessing. As Lent season is going to start on next, uh, on next Wednesday, 
we are also going to be doing something special, and that is sending out devotionals during the Lent season. And if you are interested in receiving devotionals, uh, just words of encouragement uh, regarding the resurrection and regarding Jesus during the Lent season, please uh, uh, sign up. You can just put your phone and hit the cue card and, and give us your email. That way we're not sending you mail that you do not want to receive. Uh, the good thing is about the, the, this is that this is not just coming from the elders, this is coming from different people in our congregation, so you'll always get a different perspective regarding this season that is really so important to the Christian faith. Amen. And I, oh, and one more thing, especially this concerns you all. Uh, and, and so this is what I want you to do, that way you can allow your motor skills, your hearing, and your vision to join to make sure that you get this in your spirit. So repeat after me. During the month of March, this building will be closed. Okay, okay, okay. During the month of March, at 11.30, Turn to the person next to you and say, you, you need to go, need to, go. to 77 Columbia Street. 77. <laughs> okay, so there's some work being done here. Don't come here starting the month of March because all services will be at PT uh, North, which is 77 Columbia Street, and we'll be getting the church ready for uh, Palm Sunday and Easter. So when April comes, we'll be back here. All right, let's get into the word of the Lord. Um, I really feel like this is going to be maybe one of the most consequential sermons that you'll hear in this season, not because it's me speaking, but just because of the importance of the season that I believe many people are in. And even as I spoke this this morning, I really felt like, wow, God, people are in some, some um, very critical points in their lives where they really need direction from the Lord. And that includes me. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a very significant season in my life as an individual. And so I am reviewing this and also making sure that God speaks to me and gives me direction. Uh, I want to speak to you on a subject, I need answers. And I want to talk about 10 indicators to getting God's direction. Uh, last week I talked about the first uh, four. Today I'm going to talk about three of them and then next week I will conclude and Hopefully, these indicators will help you to, to get clarity on God's direction for your life so that you don't get to make uh, critical mistakes that will hurt you. And I want to use as an example of us going uh, into pursuing our future and driving into the plan of God. Uh, I want to use as an example an automobile, a car. Some of you may not realize this, but the word career 
is derived from a Latin word which means carriage. And so our career is something that's supposed to take us into our future, take us into our destiny. So I want to use a car as an example and hopefully use some of the gauges in a car that will help, that just helps us when we drive and hopefully will help us in our walk with God. We usually quote Proverbs chapter five, 3, verses 5 and 6, but what I want to do is I want to read uh, verses 1 all the way through verse 7, so that way you can get the context of this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This is my child or my son or my daughter. This is God speaking uh, to his sons and daughter, though it is actually Solomon speaking to his own son um, in the text. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commandments in your heart. Can you say your heart? In your heart. Psalm 119 verse 11, uh, David writes, uh, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, one of the definitions of the word sin, we think of sin as to transgress, meaning to, to the word trans, meaning across, and, and gress from which we get our English word grade, it means step, so to transgress means to step across the boundaries that God has set. But there's another definition of the word sin, and it means literally to miss the mark, to miss the mark. In other words, God has a target for your life. He's not making it up as you go. He, he, he is not, he, he already, he, the Bible says he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So God already sees your beginning, which means tell somebody next to you, you're not a mistake. Amen. You're not a oops, okay? Okay, maybe a oops to your parents, but you're not a oops to God, okay? Okay, okay. And I shared that last week about the fact that God gave me clarity that though Carmen was an oops, God was making a wife especially for me, and I'm excited about that. And there's some people who should have, who, you know, almost got aborted but didn't get aborted, and uh, meaning, you know, abortion. God has a plan for you. God has a target for you. Uh, if you don't believe it, again, look at the script. Uh, in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you. I have plans for you to prosper. I want you to, I want you to hit the target, but sin causes us to miss the mark. So that's why we have to put the word in our hearts so that we don't miss the mark. There's a mark for where God wants you to work. There's a mark for where God wants you to go to school. There's a mark especially for who God wants you to marry or not marry. Mm. There's a mark for where God wants you to live. Because the scripture says, and we'll get to it later, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct the path. Not some of your ways, not the hard ways, but all your ways. God even wants to choose the car you drive. God wants the school to, to, to choose where you live. And if you trust him enough, he'll even choose the sales that you're supposed to bump into. Somebody say amen. Verse 2, he says, if you do this, that is, if you, if you store the commandments of God in your heart, you will live many years. I want to live. And your life will be satisfying. I want to have a satisfying life. Never let loyalty, or I would call it faithfulness, and kindness leave you. This scripture was written precisely for people who live in Massachusetts. Never let kindness leave you. <laughs> Tie them around your neck as a reminder, especially when you're driving. Write them deep 
within your heart, your attitude. Then you will find favor with both God and people. You want to find favor with people? Turn to your neighbor and say, stop being so mean. This is not deep. Just be kind. Just be kind. Some of us are allergic to niceness. Lord have mercy. I was raised here. I had, one of the beautiful things about being pastoring a church that, that's um, in an international city like Cambridge is that you begin to realize that your culture, I won't talk about you, I'll talk about me, my culture as a, Kenta, as a person who's from Boston, I realize that, that we're kind of messed up. And what I mean by that is, is that as I travel and then I meet people from different cultures and different parts of the country, you know, you're walking down the street and they're like, how you doing, how y'all doing? And my response is like, I don't know you, what you waving at me for? At best, as a brother, at best, you, at best you'll get out of me, I'll like, what's up? <laughs> or you kind of go, up. But now I've learned how to just say hello and how you're doing. And I'll go, you know, when I'm checking out of a, as I say, checking out of a, a cashier's line, I say, hey, how's your day going? And some of them are shocked. They're like, what, what world are you from? Why do you, like, like they give you that look. Let's, let's kill people with kindness. Repeat after me. Kindness, kindness. costs me costs nothing. I don't know why God is speaking to somebody right now. Some of you said, I need marriage counseling. No, you just need Kindness. Oh, I need to read books on marriage. No, just stop being mean. Come on, folks. Turn your names. He's talking about you. And I don't know why I'm going this way. A mean husband and a mean Wife was at one time a mean son and a mean daughter and a mean brother and a mean sister. You didn't just become mean when you got married. You were always mean. How about practice being nice to your parents? Even if they don't deserve it. You know, I can just, I can leave right now. I can say, you know, you, that, that'll, that'll change your life. Stop being mean. Stop being annoyed and aggravated. Like, stop walking in the church mean. Always mad at people. And then have the nerve People look at you and say, what's wrong? Nothing wrong with me. I've discovered that preachers who preach mean, they're mean. 
Let me just, let me just. Ah, yes. I want the favor of God. You will earn a good and win a good reputation. So trust in the Lord with all your heart, your attitude. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you the path to take. Why? Because the right the same right in Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right to a person, but the end of the way is death. The devil knows how to, he, he knows how to um, decorate curses as blessings. There's a way that seems right. The job that pays the most does not mean that's God. Could it be that the devil is just tempting you with the high salary because he, so, he knows that you're so shallow, you won't even ask God. The devil doesn't even have to be deep with some of us. He just gives us the same frills that the world gets caught up in. Do you know when the Bible talks about in First uh, Sam, no, First, First John chapter two, verses fourteen to seventeen, where he says, "Love not the world, neither the things of the world." That word "world" in the Greek is the word "cosmos." Okay, and that word "cosmos" means decoration, meaning that the world is constantly decorating itself to get us to fall into its trap. And we can fall into the trap, oh my Lord, of decorating ourselves to be accepted in the world. You better have the Holy Spirit when you get married because you don't know what's real and what's not. You think she has hair down to here, next thing you know, you're like, she's bald. I'll just, I'll just, you fell in love with her blue eyes, you found out she wore contacts. I'll, I'll, mm -hmm. oh, 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 some of you are like, well, you're just talking about the women. Oh, I'm talking about the men too. You think, wow, he's buffed, and what you didn't realize is that he had this tight elastic just keeping everything in. Oh, I'm preaching. Oh, I'm preaching. It ain't just women. We're decorating ourselves, and for what? And for what? I'm not against anybody looking good. I know when we grew up, you know, uh, wearing makeup was a sin. I'll just talk about us because I know y'all been saved. You haven't been saved that long, but we, you, you, you used to. We used to have to. If you wore makeup, you wore earrings, and and that woman. That but that would be a sin. But I like I like the gospel of Tammy Baker. She said they said why why do you wear makeup? She says if a barn needs painting, paint it. But the, but my point is is that why are we doing all this stuff? And praise God, I'm just going to, this ain't even my nose, but, uh, but uh, praise God for, and, and I'll, I'll pause here, praise God that black women have seen the light. 
Why are you saying that for? Because you know, come on folks, I'm gonna tell some of our dirty secrets. You know we have the thing called good hair? And bad hair? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so many of you black women used to, well maybe your parents, uh, uh, used to torture themselves, burning their hair up so it could get straight. Come on now. But there's a generation of millennials and Gen Z says, what's wrong with my Afro? What's wrong with my natural look? You folks, this, I, this is not some self-esteem thing. The Bible says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and that my soul knows. Does your soul know that God has fearfully and wonderfully made you and stop allowing Madison Square, uh, not Madison Square, God, but Madison Avenue and, and, and all these magazines to, to determine who you are. There's only one book that should determine who you are and it is the B-I-B-L-E and that's enough for me. Stop trying to contort yourself into what people think. The only one that matters is God. Does anybody need to hear that one? Okay. Mm. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear and respect God and turn away from evil. We're talking about the, the indicators. First of all, we said in order to first get in the car, the first thing you must do is to praise God. God inhabits the praise of people, enters gates with thanksgiving, and we use, again, the picture of the Tesla where, look, I gotta figure out how to get into the car. To get into the vehicle that God's gonna take you to a place, first of all, you gotta worship him. You gotta worship him. Because God shows up where praise is. Second thing, your heart posture. Your heart, that's why it's amazing in these first three verses, it talks about your heart. Someone says your heart is the seat of your emotions, and that's why we use, as an example of your heart, we use uh, the car seat. Now, when I get into a car, I don't stand up in the car, I sit down. But also, this is a deep one, uh, I should buckle up. I should buckle up. What does it mean? It means that if my heart is not secure in Christ, there's going to be trouble. You can't mess around. Let me, and, and, and this is uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 2, where the disciples, these guys, they were raised in Judaism, and yet they said to Jesus, teach us to pray. They, they realized their own ignorance is that they don't know how to pray. And Paul says in Romans chapter 8, read it for yourself, in verses 26 all the way to 29, he says, our weaknesses is that we don't know how to pray as we ought. We don't know how to pray. When you come before God, there needs to be a humility that says, God, I don't know how I should pray. And then the Holy Spirit will guide you. But many of us, we've been in church so long that we think we know how to pray. And we mimic prayers that we heard when we were growing up. Eternal and our most gracious Father, thou has been so wonderful to me and we honor your presence because of thy glad tidings to us. 
You, you don't even talk that way in day-to-day -day life, but all of a sudden you become an expert in Shakespeareanism and, and, old, and King James. And no, God wants us to pray from our hearts. Our heart posture is so important. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, God, it says that man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And some of these prayers that we're impressed with, God is not even listening to because people, mm, sadly, I've been in church all my life, so, so, so I, I've discovered that people pray for other folks and not to God. I am praying because I want to impress sister or brother such and such so that they'll ask me to pray again because I, look, look, your prayer has nothing to do with how well you speak. God is looking at your heart. You ask somebody, mm, I, I just, this is for free, you ask somebody to pray over the food and, and 10 minutes later they're talking about all sorts of stuff. Look, dude, just pray over the food. Just, just God bless the food. Amen. Have you ever been around on some of those people? They're blessing everything. I'm like, look, dude, just bless the food. This is not the time to impress. We, we, must, we must get back to heart prayers. Because I'll tell you, you can tell See, when you need to get a real prayer up, you see a bus coming or a car about to hit you, which happened to my wife, and you're like, oh, man, I'm in trouble. You're not saying, uh, Father in heaven, we pray right now that you will bring your angels who will come. No, you're like, Jesus! Can I get a witness? Help, Lord! And sometimes you can't get, you're like, ah, yeah! <laughs> like, <laughs> And you didn't believe in speaking in tongues, but you need something. A heart posture. You want a heart that's secure. This is deep now. So that when people talk to you, they don't have to deal with your drama. What do you mean? Raise your hand if you know of people that when you, and, and again, we just raise your hand, don't look around, just raise your hand, okay, okay? Raise your hand if you know that there's people that when you get good news, you can't tell them. Because they're gonna start thinking you're showing off. They're gonna start thinking, you know, why did it happen to you? They, they, they can't rejoice with them that rejoice. You know why? Because they're insecure in Jesus' love for them. When someone gets a house and I'm still living in a room, I should be able to rejoice with my brother, knowing that I'm just moving up in the line. And it's sad because, I'll be honest with you, there, there are some people that, and, and when you get good news, come on, folks, you want to share it with somebody. I got into a certain school. I did well in my exam. I got this, the job of my dream. 
I, I, he said yes. She said yes. I got, a, I got a new car for the first time in my life, and I'm 50. You, you want to share good news, but you got to go through this editorial process in your mind saying, ah, no, I can't, ah, no, ah, Why is that? Because I believe that many times we are so insecure that Jesus loves us. And sometimes, can I talk about myself? Can I talk about myself? I remember a pastor, a good friend of mine, we become good friends, he was sharing the amazing blessings that God was doing in his church. Amazing stuff. And I was rejoicing. And then, watch this, something in me was about to tell him what God was doing in PT. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, why are you saying that? See, I don't know how about God deals with you, but that was a gotcha moment. He said, Brian, your heart, why are you saying this? Why do you need to say this at this moment? And can I be honest with you? Can I, can I be honest with you? He was a white pastor. And, and part of me was like, I want to show you that what God can do through a black pastor. And I want to show you, and, and God was like, just rejoice with him and shut your mouth and keep it moving. Sometimes God just wants you to be a blessing of hearing. And not, because I'll talk about Brian Green because you all are really saved. Because there's something in me sometimes that wants to one up. Hey, I just got tickets to the Celtics game. Well, one time I was actually sitting on the floor. (laughs) Wow, for the first time I'm going to Disney World. Well, (laughs) well, I went to Europe the other week. Like, why is it that we always have to one-up? It's called insecurity. I need my heart secure in Jesus. In Christ alone. Oh, you want to sing it? Yeah, I think we need to sing that. Oh, yes. In Christ alone is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone. This cornerstone. This solid ground. Firm through the faces. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love. What depths of peace. When fears are stilled. When striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I That's got to be my security, is the love of Christ.
and then precepts, and, uh, and so then the next thing is, of course, precepts, the word of God, which is the key that gets the engine running. Without the word of God, you're not going anywhere. The next P is prayer. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says, men are always to pray and not faint. The Bible says that Daniel prayed three times a day in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. I call prayer the steering wheel. I call prayer the steering wheel in the shift. You're not going anywhere without prayer. In fact, God is so determined that we pray that of all the words that he used to describe himself in Isaiah 56, verse 7, and Matthew 21, verse 13, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. We must pray to get direction. We must pray. The other thing where we get spiritual direction, the indicators is, okay, this is a heavy one. Uh, your pastor or spiritual leadership. And, and by that, what I mean by spiritual leadership, obviously me as a pastor, I'm a spiritual leader, and the elders are spiritual leaders, but they're also mature believers in a congregation that God has put in your life to give you spiritual direction. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, God says this, and I will give you I will give you, not you give yourself. I will give you shepherds according to or in harmony with my heart. And they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I have, now as a pastor, and, and I'm telling you all the pastor's dirty secrets, um, like we can be competitive, we can be one up. Isn't it amazing that as a pastor, gee, you're like, my goodness, you sound like a regular dude. Why am I listening to you then? You struggling with the same things I'm struggling with. Like, like again, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. And so, God says, I'm, I'm going to give you pastors. I'm going to give you the right pastor. And I say that because, you know, as a pastor, you want everybody to come to your church. And when somebody leaves your church, you, you, you know, I'll be honest with you, you, you're feeling hurt, you're feeling insecure, and you're like, please come back. Baby, come back. <laughs> and that's part of insecurity. I can be very insecure sometimes. Well, more times than often. But what has, what has comforted me is the Lord said, I give people pastors. And so, Brian, whoever you're supposed to pastor, I'll give them to you. And stop trying to grab sheep that don't belong to you. That has, that has, I can't tell you how much that has done for my emotional health. That's why we're going through this book, uh, Emotional, Spiritual, 
mostly healthy spirituality, I have met pastors who are so insecure. In fact, one of the first pastors I met who was very insecure is this guy I looked in the mirror named Brian Green. And as I began to deal with my own stuff, I started seeing, wow, this, this person's struggling. They, they think that all of this stuff makes up who they are. God says, I will give. And, and, there, and there are people who God has sent and I have been a blessing to. And I realize I can't brag about that because many times I ask people, how did you get here? And I learned this a long time ago that God sends people here. One person said to me, and no, we're we're, we're, uh, connected with uh, Jubilee and known Bishop Thompson for over 50 years and his son Matthew, wonderful ministry. But I remember there was a group of young ladies uh, came to PT, ended up really being a blessing and staying there. I said, how did you come to PT? They said, oh, we were looking for Jubilee. I'm like, I'm like, Jubilee's in Mattapan. And that's when the Lord said to me, see, I send people to the pastors I want for them. So cool your jets, Bishop Green. If they decide to go to your good friend Larry Kim's church up the street or your other good friend, uh, Pastor Dan Sanowski, down the street, like I said to Peter, what's it, what's your, what is it, is it your business? It's none of your business what happens to John. You just do what you're supposed to do. Turn to your person next to you and say, stop looking at other people's blessings. Handle your own business. You're trying to correct other people's houses and your messes all, come on now. God chooses pastors. God chooses pastors. God chooses pastors. And I call pastors the lights and the windshield wipers. Mm -hmm. Because usually pastors will help you in dark times. Usually pastors should help you when the rainstorms come and you need to see clearly. And if you've ever been in a rainstorm when your windshields were either, wipers were either not working or you're like, man, these windshield wipers are old. I should have had them replaced. And you're looking out the window because you can't. A God pastor, which means the pastor that God has given you, they'll, they'll give you they'll, there'll be a word that comes that brings light in dark times. You may talk to one of the elders or a spiritual leader, somebody who's spiritually mature, but they have no title, but you see a depth to them. You talk to them, and they give clarity. They give light. They give, they give, uh, 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 they're able to, they're able to give you clarity from all the rainstorms that are coming in. Those are people that said, God says, I'll give them to you. It's God's gift. 
And I've been blessed to have, well, let me go on because I want to go to partners. Partners. Oh, this is, ooh, I, I got to pause here for a minute bit. Partners are those people who are close to you. They are, this is a scripture I hate. I hate the scripture. But just because I hate it doesn't mean it's not good. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you don't have people in your life that can say hard things to you, you're in trouble. Mm. You got to have that friend that when you didn't take a mint, they say, you know, your breath stinks. I know you want to be deep. I know you want to be deep. I, want, I know you want to be deep, but you got to have that friend that, you know, you have food between their teeth and they say, dude, uh, it, it's, it's. You got to have people who love you so much that they'll tell you what you don't want to hear. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, verse 14, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I read my lips. If you don't, look, those of you online, read my lips. I never, ever, ever make a decision by myself. And don't go to your fan club. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's a good idea. Here's the question I ask. Who has veto power in your life? Who is the person, I'm going to tell you a true story, who is the person that you're texting and you're about to press send and they say, don't press send? Can I talk about me? This pastor did something, I shared this earlier this morning, this pastor did something years ago that, in my opinion, was unethical. It wasn't a sin, but you know those gray areas. You know those gray areas? Let me give you a gray area. You know, the, you know, the, the, the cashier gives you, you know, they give you more change back than you deserve and you found it out later, but you say, oh, man, they already counted it. It's, it's too late. That's a gray area. Yeah. No, that's a black area. <laughs> that's a red area. That's it. But, but he, so he did something and I was angry. I mean, I, because I don't like underhanded stuff. I was angry and I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter that didn't need curse words. Okay. You, what, 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 what do you mean by that? You can write something that you might as well have cursed, but you, you, you targeted the word so perfectly that you didn't even, that, that's a skill. You learned that as a believer, like, And thank God I had a friend who I said, you know what, let, them, let my friend read this letter before I send it off to this colleague. And I showed him the letter and they said, Brian, you cannot send this. 
And so as a spirit-led man, I argued as to why I should be able to send this. Come on now. And they're like, Brian, do not send this. Do not, my, do not send this. And they were, just, they were just as upset as I was with the person, but they're like, you cannot send this. So we're going to take a vote. We have three groups. First group will be how many thought that I sent the letter? The second group will be how many think I didn't send the letter? And the third group will say, say uh, how many think that I edited it based on my friend's advice? Okay, are you ready? You got it? Okay, we're gonna have some fun here. Yeah. So first group, how many believe that I just sent the letter? Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. How many of you believe that because of my friend's advice, I didn't send a letter? Okay. And how many of you believe that I sent the letter, but I edited it? Okay, that's good. Okay, good. Kind of feel bad that one third of the congregation don't think I'm saved. <laughs> yeah, you just sent that letter. <laughs> Oh, those of you online, raise your hand. How many? Okay. I didn't send a letter. I didn't send a letter. That was 20 years ago. That pastor is one of my best colleagues in ministry. And now it, it, it frightens me when I think, what if I'd have sent that letter because you can't, it, let me put it this way, it's, it's not gospel, but it's a good illustration. You cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube. Once you put it out there, you can apologize, you can ask for forgiveness, but you will have already said it. So here's the question I ask you, who has veto power in your life? Who is that person that when they say something, it gives you cause to pause? Because if you don't have that person, you are to be pitied. Because you're going to make a whole lot of mistakes. I have elders and ministry colleagues who will tell me things and give me advice and 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 Here's another deep thing, and that is whew, uh, your partners could also be your parents. Or let me get even deeper, your parents who aren't even saved. Well, you don't know Jesus. They're like, yeah, but I know you. <laughs> Listen to your parents. I'm not saying you have to do everything that people say, but I believe that God speaks through the people in my life. Who's speaking to you? And if you don't have a Jonathan, the name Jonathan, David and Jonathan, the name Jonathan means gift of God, good friends, partners, people who will tell you the truth, they are a gift. Who's that in your life? And if you don't have it, I got good news for you. If you will pray, God will show you 
that that good friend has always been within reach. You just didn't see it. Partly because you were so insecure. <sighs> Bishop Brian, this is a good message, I know. <laughs> I know. David had a good friend named Nathan. Second Samuel chapter seven, David has this amazing desire. God, I'm gonna build you a house because look, I have this palace. I'm going to build you a house. And Nathan said, man, that's a good idea. And then as Nathan left, he was walking to Raider's home or whatever, and God said, no, no, no. Tell David you're not to build a house. I want, I want his son Solomon to build a house. And Nathan came back to David and said, God told me to tell you not to build a house. And David said, you got it. But then four chapters later, Nathan didn't come with good news. He came to David and said, David, he tells this story. And David is up in arms, angry, saying that this guy who had this whole herd of sheep, but he decides to steal and kill a lamb of a guy who only had one lamb and he killed it. And David rose up angry and God said, through Nathan, who, who really, David could have executed Nathan for what he was about to say. And Nathan said to David, you are the man. You took one of your best friend's wife, Uriah, Bathsheba, slept with her, got her pregnant, and rather than fess it up, you had, you committed premeditated murder by having her husband killed. And then you went a whole year acting like nothing happened. And because you did that, God is gonna drop the hammer on your life. So Absalom chasing him around the country to kill him, his daughter being raped, his like, the mess that was in David's family. Because he did not go to his friend and say, hey, I'm about to do such and such. Mm. I I'm gonna stop there. Because I really sense that God is putting people in our lives that we, met we better start listening to it could be a supervisor. It could be a teacher, a professor. God put people in our lives who, who, who are trying to give us the counsel of God. They may not even know it's the counsel of God, but God is speaking to them, through them. And God is saying, don't hear such and such's voice, hear me. I'm speaking to you. Make this decision instead of that decision. Stop, wait, pause. Mm. I feel like I did this at the, the early service and I 
I don't always try to match services because I want to hear what the voice of the Lord is saying, but I really feel like a number of you are in the valley of decisions. Some of it's urgent, like I need to make a decision this week. And some of it you can see, like this year, I, got, I need to make a decision because I'm going to graduate and where am I going to work or, or, you know, the lease of my apartment's running up or, hey, you know, should I be more involved in ministry because I've kind of been coming to this church. Like you, you feel that there's, there's this push to, to start going in a certain direction or to shift up higher or, you know, there's somebody that you're talking to and you're thinking about, you know, maybe we should start courting or dating or take it up to the next level, whatever that is, and, and you really need direction from the Lord. Because outside of receiving Jesus Christ, the most important decision you're going to make is choosing a spouse. And for some of you, God is like, nah, don't. You, you need to you need to embrace the gift of your singleness. And as painful as that may sound, if you're a lonely single person, you're going to be a lonely married person. Because marriage is not a contract. Because a contract is 50-50. Marriage is a covenant. Which means 100-100-150-100-20-100-0. I have to bring the 100 to Lady Carmen whether she brings something or nothing. That's covenant. How do we know that? Because the Bible says when we had nothing to offer, Jesus was still willing to covenant with us. Our salvation is not earned. It is by grace. Mm. So I want to My wife was shocked because at the 8.30, 8, 9 o'clock service, I literally did this in five minutes. If you're here and you're in a season where you need direction from God, and, and you know what that means, meaning that it, it doesn't have to fall into one of the things that I was sharing about. I was just trying to pick the big rocks, the big decisions that people made, but it can be a little decision. But you really feel like, okay, God, I really need, I really need to watch these indicators. I put by the indicator for partners and good friends, I put the speedometer. 
Because I believe the more God friends you have, the faster you will get to wherever God has for you to get to. Yeah. It doesn't mean, now it doesn't mean that just because you have God friends in your life that it's going to speed up because for some of you, God is saying, no, it's going to take you three years to get there no matter, no matter how much God is involved, it's going to take three years. But what you can do is through your disobedience, make it longer. Case in point, and then I want to anoint those of you I just want to anoint you. But case in point, when you look at a map, it only literally took 10 days for the people of Israel to get out of Egypt into the promised land. If you look at a map, 10 days. God basic, God's plan was it for them to take two years because he knew that I can't allow you to get into the place I have for you. Watch this because you're not ready. When the Lord spoke to me at the age of 19 and said, Lady Kama's going to be your wife, I thought I was ready for marriage then. But he made me wait. And he punished me and suffered me and killed me and destroyed... Oh, oh, sorry, I'm having... (laughs) Having, you know, flashbacks there. (laughs) The point is, is that he was making me ready. And I look back on it and I say, thank you, Lord, because if I got married when I wanted to get married, I would be either divorced or miserable. Sometimes God's best answer to you is wait, not now. Stop. Because you have no idea how unready you are. Sometimes, oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't know, God is just speaking. Sometimes God is saying, stop trying to open that door because if you see what's on the other side of that door, you would leave that knob alone. So I want to pray for you. I think what we can do is just have everybody come up the middle aisle and then return this way. Um, if I have, maybe you can be guided by the welcome team. But I'm talking about those of you who, who want, who, I want to anoint you. And I'll talk about the anointing next week. How, 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 how you need to have oil in your engine. <laughs> And we'll talk about that next week. But I want to anoint you. And, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will just open your eyes to see the gauges. Open your eyes to see, oh my goodness, uh, I'm going a little bit too fast here. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, I had to, I, I had to kind of reverse. We should be going forward. Like, I'm, I'm hoping that the gauges, talk about the odometer. And, and the temperature. I, 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 God, there's these gauges that you're showing me. Oh, the, the, the windshield wipers are not, oh, I, I need to get my windshield wipers changed. That's like, I want to anoint you. 
And I believe that this is a season that God's going to give you direction and clarity, and you're going to hear advice from friends. And before, when you were to say, I'm not listening to this, you're going to hear the voice of God and say, no, God's speaking to me. This is just a little conversation. I just so happen to bump into this person and not realizing that God is speaking to you. And so if that's you and you're saying, Bishop, I just want you to lay hands on me, all I'm going to do is just lay hands, anoint you with oil, and keep it moving. Okay? And then we'll just pray a, a blessing over you. Um, but again, as I said, if, if you feel like God is speaking to me through this message, name of Jesus. Every bit of it, Amen. Bishop. Thank you, Father. So I'm going to just anointing you for direction in this season. And God is doing something, not because of my fancy words and not because I'm anointing you, it's just that I'm obeying what the Lord says. One of my favorite prayers, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, Jehoshaphat simply says, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. It's good to be humble enough to say, God, I don't know but I'm looking to you. Thank you, Jesus. So all we're doing is obeying you, Lord. We're anointing their mind to give them the mind of Christ, to hear what you're saying in this season. You're going to give direction, Lord. I have no idea what these individuals are looking to you for, but thank you, Lord, that they are coming to you for direction. Not Brian Green. All I'm doing is putting oil on their forehead but Lord, I'm trusting that they're going to see clarity and direction, oh God. You said in your word, the steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by you and they delight in the way, Lord. You're gonna show them, oh God. Some of them are facing some critical decisions and critical uh, choices and they need you. They need you. They need you. They need your direction. They need your insight. God bless you. They need your revelation. You're welcome. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Blessings of the Lord. Direction from the Lord, yes. Guidance from the Holy Spirit. Guidance from the Holy Spirit. That's why I can come down here. The guidance of the Holy Spirit in this season. This is a challenging season, but God is going to give you direction. God is going to give you insight. Yes, he will. He'll speak to you. The Bible says everybody who asks receives, and everybody who uh, seeks finds, and everybody who knocks, the door will be open to them. God is going to answer. Why? Because he loves us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your season. So many decisions, critical decisions, life-altering decisions. And that's why we're looking to you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're just trusting you. We're trusting you, Lord, and we're believing that only you can give the direction. We praise you, Lord. We honor you. God bless you, Peter. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for direction and insight. Lord, look at all of your children, so many people 
needing you, Lord, to speak, needing you to direct. Yep, even this little one. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. All right, good to see you. The blessings of the Lord, the grace of God. Wow, look at all these people wanting you to be commended, to just want, just the fact that you want God to direct you is commendable. Blessings of the Lord, the direction of the Lord, the insight of the Lord. Yes, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, sweetheart. God bless you, Jeff. Appreciate you. Okay. All set? God bless you. God bless you, Lorraine. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. And I even anoint myself because I need direction for the Lord. I'm sure to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mmm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Could you stand? Yes. Ah. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light. He is my light, my strength, my song, my song. This cornerstone, cornerstone, this solid ground, solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought, through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what heights of love. What depths of peace when fears are still, when striving cease. See, my comforter, my comforter, my all in all, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ I stand. In the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, took on fullness of God, fullness of God, in helpless babe, bliss babe, this gift of love, gift of love, and righteousness, scorned by the ones, scorned by the ones he came. To say, till on that till cross, on that, that cross, as Jesus died, as Jesus the, wrath of God the wrath of God was satisfied, was satisfied for every sin, for every sin on him laid, on him was Christ, I live. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we honor you for this moment. Oh, God, I know for me, you've been speaking to me about looking at my partners and looking at 
the predicaments and circumstances that I'm in. God, I pray in the name of Jesus as we're trying to make decisions that can be life-altering, but also can be very minute. We, we just want to, as the scripture says, trust in you with all our hearts and not lean unto our own understanding. We want to, in every way, acknowledge you and you will direct our paths. And so, Lord, we're looking for your hand to be on our lives, just like Jabez, he prayed, keep your hand upon me. And Lord, we look to you like you're a master chess player. Put your hand on our lives and make strategic moves. Bring us to places when we look, that when we look around, we can say, how in the world did I get into this masterful space? And we can say the master's hand just maneuvered us and put us in places where all we can say is like that song that Andre Couch wrote years ago, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Lord, there's some people here who, you know, this is the first time that they've been in church for a while and you have spoken so clearly to them that they're like, my goodness, God, you brought me to this church. I pray that they would give their lives to you. I pray that some would come back to you and say, Jesus, I've been wandering. I've been doing my own thing and life has just been blowing up. But Lord, I'm coming back to you and I want you to direct me and order my steps. And so God, I pray that even as we may leave this place, dismiss us from this place, but not from your presence. Father, I pray that even in conversations that may take place, that our, that our, our spiritual ear will be a little bit heightened to say, hmm, maybe as I reflect on that conversation that I had with such and such at church, sitting in the pew, downstairs in the sanctuary, maybe, maybe that was you, God, speaking and not just that person. Oh, Father God, help us to no longer miss your clues, no longer miss the little things that you've been doing. Maybe we need to revisit some advice our parents gave us, but we were all up in our feelings and not realizing that you were speaking to us. Oh, Spirit of God, I pray that maybe somebody, or, or I notice uh, in my past that people are talking about, no, I'm not kind, and, and I, I've, I've not been a good person uh, in my attitude, and, and I, 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 I was angry, and I was frustrated, and I walked away, but Lord, now, now that I look back, now that I ponder, now that I reflect, it was you who was speaking to me about that. And so, Lord, I, I'm coming back to you. To, get, to allow you to readjust my heart and readjust my thinking. So I pray your richest blessings on your people, Lord. I pray for an amazing week. I know that there's some uh, public schools are on vacation this week, so I pray that you will bless and protect uh, our children, Lord. Let us not hear of any deaths or, 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 or any uh, things that, that, that were just uh, tragic, Lord. I pray, Father, for teachers uh, and, and school administrators that they will get the rest they need for this week because this has been a tough school year. Oh, Spirit of God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that if you would honor us and bless us and if Jesus tarry, that we would come again to your house next Sunday. I pray, Father, that 
many will be saying, wow, God has already been answering my prayers for direction. And so we bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. And thank you, volunteers, for all that you do. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.